All right. Welcome to episode 11 of the EMAS podcast. I am Al Sidholm. You are Matt Sidholm. And uh, here we are after another fun-filled week. Uh, we're starting to see a pattern, I think. <clears throat> Would you say? Uh, what pattern are you referring to? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see pattern. some patterns. I just, I yeah. just want to, you know, make sure we're on the same page. Okay, or maybe not fair. on the same page. But Fair enough. Uh, we'll see. Look, looking back at this week, we had the big win against Denver. <clears throat> Blowout, right? Uh, and, that was uh, last. That Monday, was last Monday, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we lost that, uh, you know, we were in the game with the Pistons, blew it at the end. Right. Uh, definitely blew the Jazz game, and I'm going to get into that today. And then we blew out the Kings, yep. and then we got blown out by the Nuggets. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, yeah. last night was a near blew out, blowout, and then we almost blew it at the end. So... Yeah. I guess the pattern is that I was pointing out, we're either in every game or blowing a team out or we're getting blown out. Like, uh, it, it's just, uh, there is no, like, I feel like there's no in-between here with these uh, with these games. I, I agree, yeah. I think uh, a couple things kind of came to mind, especially last night while I was watching the league slip away against Portland, but... You know, if you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, Michael Lombardi comes on there every week, and he assesses NFL teams by how many minutes they're good for. Yeah. So, you know, your top teams, New England, Dallas, those are your 60-minute teams is what he calls them. And then your next year down, it's like, yeah, they're 45-minute teams. They'll give you three good quarters. And then on down, you know, he calls the Browns a 15-minute team. They could play one good quarter of football. I think the Mavericks are like a 36-minute team. And maybe even less than that. Might even be a thirty minute team. You know, we got two and a half good quarters in us and yeah. then just the rest is kind of a stinker. And you know, what you see you know, what what you see sometimes is we'll jump on a team early, like we did the Kings on Sunday or we did the Bulls a couple of weeks ago and it's like, Wow, we look great and then we just kinda of hang on from there and it's not because we're in cruise control. It's really like, well, no, that's, that's about as well as we're going to play the rest of this game. And kind of same thing in Portland. It's like we jumped on them early. We had the big lead. And then it was just, all right, we're done with our 30 minutes. Let's, let's hope they just can't hit enough shots. And sure enough, yeah. that's what happened. I mean, they just couldn't hit enough shots to get back in it. But I think the Mavericks are like a 30-minute team this year. And so you'll get two and a half decent quarters, and then from then on, it's it's kind of brutal. And that's why you see sort of the swing. Yeah, I think that's a great assessment. And, uh, you know, they've been playing pretty good ball as of late because essentially Wes Matthews has, after that early season swoon, he's been pretty consistent, consistently good or better. And then uh, Harrison Barnes has been consistent all year. So whenever a third guy shows up, we are in the game. And whenever one of those two consistent guys does not show up, we're done. There's like zero hope. (laughs) And that leads me to my first point this week, which is uh, Darren Williams sort of bookended this uh, past week uh, with just solidifying why his – 
he's just officially done as a competitive point guard in this league. And um, I like him as a player, but I think from here on in, he's Jason Terry. You know, he's a very frustrating point guard. He comes in the game. Uh, he, he doesn't strike you as a point guard anymore. He strikes you as a great shooter when he's hot. He's streaky. And he doesn't always make the smartest plays. Uh, case in point, uh, last week in Utah, like you could tell he was up for the game. He was shooting great. And then, uh, you know, I have no basketball smarts, but even I know you, the shot clock's off. You wait for the last shot. And he took a shot, a three pointer with 10 seconds left on the clock. And I think it was solely because he had a hair of daylight. And he wanted to stick it to Utah, who was booing him all game. And um, to me, that's the, the court awareness. There was just so little of it in that moment. I felt like it was a nail in the coffin of him calling himself a point guard, because that, that's really your role. And then uh, last night, again, with 10 seconds left, we're up by one. And he's inbounding the ball. He's a point guard inbounding the ball. And he literally just threw it. <laughs> he just threw it to midcourt, turnover. It was terrible. And we had a timeout left. Just call the timeout. Like, it was the most anti-Jason Kidd play I could imagine. And, um, again, saying all that, I'd still like to keep him on the team, but we really need to reframe things with this guy because he's Jason Terry. He's a great Jason Terry. He is just not... He's just not a uh, kind of basketball smart point guard. If he ever was, he's just not that anymore. That's my hot take. Well, yeah, no, I I like that. And like I said last week, I, I asked the question, does Darren Williams really make anyone better? Yeah, and I would say the difference between Williams and Terry was that I think Jason Terry was at least – he was he would make crazy plays, but he wasn't selfish. And Darren Williams, I mean, exactly yeah. how you described that Utah play, that was more about him than it was, we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. And a smart point guard, even if you don't make the final shot, it's like you keep it for that final shot. You're on the road. You shouldn't be in this game. Yeah. And, and you're going to take that bad a shot. And, again, if it goes in, everybody loves it. It's still a bad shot, even if it goes in. Yeah, it is a bad give shot. them eight, eight yeah. seconds to, to come back and, and tie it up or, exactly. or take the lead, whatever the case may be. So it, there's really no way to explain that one away, even if it did go in. It's just not a good basketball play to make. Exactly. And, uh, I, I kind of go the opposite way. Yeah. I, I don't want him on this roster like beyond this year. To me, it's like, all right, he's filling in this year, and, and granted, Berea has been hurt, so, you know, he's much needed, and he's helping us be competitive in some of these games. But next year, I think if you start thinking long-term, I'd rather move on from Darren Williams and let's, let's bring in a younger, you know, we draft a younger point guard because I guess there's a ton of them out there, and... um you know, kind of hand the reins over to him. We have Berea's kind of Berea and Devin Harris is kind of your stabilizing veterans, and then move on from Darren Williams because I, I just 
uh, even though he keeps us in games, I think you're absolutely right, and he makes us a little competitive. That that doesn't matter a whole lot this season, and it's well, not really going to be uh, important moving forward. Deve- development you know, going to be important. I meant it more so as he comes to us and he's like, "I want to stay in Dallas, and I'll do I'll do three years, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million. That's still a pretty good deal for a six man off the bench, and I would take that. But yeah, I'm not talking in the least as a starter. This guy is a 22 minute guy. You see in the first five minutes if he's got it or not, and that's it. And you know, yeah. he could actually carve out a nice tail end of his career if he accepted that role. But um, I don't know. Seeing him in seeing him in that Utah game, I struggle if he still sees himself in that manner. You know, and he's he's got to make that decision for himself. But uh, I definitely meant it in a backup capacity, for sure. Yeah. All right. And and if he, and I think that's the big question with him, and probably the big question for him his whole career is, can he accept that kind of role? Can he take a, a backseat in some way, shape, or form? And he has yet to prove that he can kind of do that and sort of put his own ego aside to an extent. You know, Jason Kidd used to inbound all the ball all the time when he was with the Mavericks, and he'd also make yeah. the right play. Yeah, and, and that's the last night. It was like, oh my gosh, like, well, what is that? It just almost began away. Yeah, yeah, and and it was, I mean, that play was so bad. I was shocked. I was near like falling asleep, and it totally woke me up because I was like, what the? Who was that? And then I I replay it. It was Darren Williams of all people. Like that was a total like Dwight Powell move, you know. But it was Darren Williams. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. You wish you could go back and, and just question Rick Carlisle. Like, why is Powell inbounding the ball? This doesn't exactly, make sense. exactly. Like, yeah, it's like, starting point guard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Well, right. It's your best. It's supposedly your best passer on the team. Yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 really bad. Um. Okay. So, do you have a point? You want me to go into my second point? Just go into your second point. Uh, my second point it. is more simple and puzzling. But did you see Justin Anderson play last night? <laughs> uh, he was a coach decision. Did not play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he did not. For a team, for playing a team that is very, you know, I feel like they have like six Mo Harklesses on that team. You know, they've got Evan Turner, like right. a bunch of six, seven guys that just kind of three and D-ish. You would think that would have been the ideal game for Justin Anderson to just even just play defense in the game. He didn't play at all, and I didn't notice it until like the third or fourth quarter, and I was like, wait a second. Why is yeah. Berea, I guess, is taking his minutes, but, um, you know, they play different positions. And, uh, well, and Berea I, didn't play in the second half. Berea went out at halftime. So, <laughs> so I, you know, in the second half, when that's slipping away and you need to change things up, right. I, I don't see why you don't bring in Anderson for a little energy and, you know, maybe to get a stop or, or something. And, and granted, Finney Smith has shown to be a little bit more reliable in that type of role thus uh-huh. far this season. And, and Barnes was playing well last night. So, you know, who do you take out in that situation? You kind of needed Darren Williams to be in there because he was shooting well. So it, it did sort of 
get into this, who do I put him in for kind of situation, yeah. which, which yeah. is tough. But yeah, it is weird. It's it's one of those. I think Carlisle's going for wins when they're there, and then going for development when it's clear that we're not going to win this game. And I think last night he saw it as, hey, this is this is a game we can win. So he started tightening up the, the rotation to try to make sure they'd win that game, and, and maybe didn't feel like Anderson coming off the bench cold would be would be a good option late. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with how he's been shooting as of late. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just disappointing, I guess, at what it comes down to. I, I listened to Carlisle's press conference uh, a few games ago, and he was really dismissive of Anderson kind of being in a slump of any sorts, which is classic Carlisle of, of just like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about players in, in in that capacity, but uh, it still has to, it's just a big confidence thing with that guy because, man, he's got all the tools athletically, you know, and you just want to see him yeah. plan. You just want to see him plan. Well, you don't want to see him kind of, I don't know, fall fall by the wayside a little bit or fall behind like some younger Mavericks. You know, we're, we're really encouraged by, you know, Finney Smith coming in here and doing some things. But a year ago, that guy was Anderson, who kind yep. of surprised us. And was like, oh, he's better than we thought. You know, what happens next year with Finney Smith or, or down the line? And so it just starts, you just start to wonder. And people have brought this up, you know, if you read a lot about the Mavericks this season or, or listen to any sports talk radio or podcasts and, is yeah. Carlisle the right coach for a rebuilding situation? Can he yeah. invest time in these younger guys? And, you know, maybe Anderson isn't good enough to play in the NBA. I don't know. But just based on what we've seen, we, to your point, it seems like he has the tools. Maybe it's just a matter of getting him in the right situation. But, um, well, and yeah, you know, he's, there's not, a, he's not doing that. As a fan, there's a fear of sort of the Jay Crowder effect where – he just uh, he doesn't play, gets down on himself, he loses confidence, he plays worse. And then somebody just poaches him in a trade and just plays him no matter what, and he finally gets over the hump. And we're starting to kind of see that with Dwight Powell. With Bogut's injury, he's been forced to play more, and he's just playing through his, his screw-ups just enough to feel... I feel like now he's a little more consistent with his play, you know, and... I think Anderson needs a similar opportunity where he's just not pulled for every screw up because it's really affecting him. Uh, he he's really shot confidence wise, you know. I agree, and I would say uh, Salamedri has also you know done better in Bogut's absence just because there are no options. Yeah, and you yeah. look at a guy like Harrison Harrison Barnes this season. You know, a lot of people were like, "Is this a max guy?" And you see his production so far this year, and I thought last night he was outstanding, and as he's been most of the year. But he's kind of surprised some people. But some of it is, look, we don't have an option for best player here. Like he's yeah. going to be that guy. Whereas when you're in Golden State, and you could bring in Iguodala or Livingston or whatever, and and get him off the court if he's not playing well, well, that's that's going to affect the guy and make him look not as effective. And so. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like a, a Darren Williams injury would would uh, would benefit the Mavericks to some extent because we'd have to run some of these guys out there just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so, uh, not to pick on Darren Williams, Barea may be out for a little bit now because he's got some Achilles soreness, which of course has kept Dirk out most of the year. So, yeah, you never know how that's going to go. No, it's true. It's true, and it's it is it is interesting how the injuries have really helped the younger players. Because I mean, Harrison Barnes last night, it was like a baby Dirk watching him, like. He kept it so simple. It was ISO, simple moves, but he was just so efficient. And I mean, that's been the trend. It was, that game was non-anomaly. That was the norm. And it's right. just so impressive how I feel like Dirk and the Mavs just took Harrison in and they were like, look, you just have to master these moves. And that's all he's been doing. And it's working. And, yeah. you know, it, it I think they were really looking for this kind of leap from Chandler Parsons. And, uh, cause they were just like, Hey, here's a guy that could shoot. He's 6'10. Why not? And, uh, for whatever reason, we, we don't want to even go down that rabbit hole. It didn't happen. But, uh, Harrison Barnes, has he not been the closest thing we've seen to Dirk? Like, could I say in the league? Is that an overstatement? I mean, yeah, that's an overstatement because, you know, <laughs> uh, I think, well, you look at Porzingis in New York, and that's a guy who is, you know, as long as Dirk is, and he could certainly step out and shoot the three a little bit more consistently, kind of like uh, Dirk has done. And uh, he's got a little bit more of that, uh, I, I don't I don't know. I feel like he's he's probably a little closer to Dirk and a little bit closer to being that dominant. I think that's the question with Barnes is down the stretches of games. And this is the thing, you know, the, the Pistons game got away from us. We lost the Utah game late and what we need to see. And even last night, the game just kind of, we just sort of held on last night. Right. I think the next step for Barnes and him sort of making that leap is, and it may not happen this year, but it's really being, in the fourth quarter, we're just going to feed him the ball on 10 straight possessions and we're going to do or die with him. Whereas well, at the end of the Utah game, and maybe this is on Darren Williams, but at the end of the Utah game, like he should have that ball. Yeah, I agree with that. I guess where the Dirk analogy, I, I don't like saying, oh, Porzingis is like Dirk because Porzingis plays really good defense and um, yeah. he's tall and lanky and shoots threes, but in terms of, you know, I rarely looked at Dirk. Like what awed me about Dirk was his efficiency, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah. I just feel like Barnes, there's nothing spectacular about him, but his efficiency is spectacular, you know? Like Justin yeah. Anderson is actually has more spectacular plays than Harrison Barnes with his blocks and his athleticism. But Harrison Barnes, man, he just makes the simple look amazing by just doing it over and over again. And that's that's the big one-to-one I see with him and Dirk, you know, where they've just mastered something that can't be stopped. And you're right. He should have had that ball at the end of Utah, held it to the last. I would have loved for that moment, you know, where it's like, it yeah. isn't tie. This is to win. Any point to win. Yeah. Draw foul you know, make the bucket, drive the lane. It would have been amazing. And then Darren Williams, just like, 
It was like a bad pickup game for that guy. He just, <laughs> he just chucked it, man. I was just like, <laughs> what? It was like that. It was like that episode of The Fresh Prince where Carlton just took the ball away from him and flung it at the basket. Yep, that, that because he was sick analogy. of sick of Will getting the getting all the attention, and it was uh, like, all right, Carl, you can't do that. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was painful. Um, so you got anything else? Uh, well, we got to wrap up here in a couple minutes, but uh, what? Yeah, schedule schedule coming up, and uh, I mean they're at the Clippers next, then at New Orleans. And then uh, home to, home for Houston. I thought what was interesting is next Thursday night, they're at the Lakers, and this is the TNT game. Mm. And I just kind of chuckled thinking about the TNT guys having to stay up to watch Lakers-Mavericks. <laughs> because the Lakers have really fallen off. Yeah, they have. They may decide something in the stand. Like, the Mavericks may be able to move past the Lakers by next Thursday in the oh. standings. Yeah. So it's really uh really gonna be an awful game for kind of primetime television. So I, I thought that was fascinating that this is a nationally televised game. It is exciting. Well, to close out then I've got a couple quick trade proposals for you. Okay. Alright, now we've got two minutes. Um Okay. Celtics, Amir Johnson, James Young, and a first rounder for Bogut. Okay. First rounder, like their first rounder that they can swap with Brooklyn? Like, we get all. No, 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 no. Just like, uh, and I think they only have one first this year, so the next year's first. It wouldn't be this year's first. Okay. So it, next it would be first. in the future. It'd be a future pick, not, not swap. Future first rounder for Bogut. Uh, yeah, I would take that. Okay. I would take any first round pick for. Bogut or, you know, I don't think we're getting it, but for Darren Williams. Okay, I got a bold but one any first-round pick would be good. Devin Harris and Andrew Bogut for Greg Monroe. I've always liked Greg Monroe. So, I, and we're not giving up a draft pick. He's pretty young. Yeah, he's got a player. I do that. He's got a player option for next year. Um, so he might go free, you know, he might become a free agent. We would not get any uh, defense from this guy. He's notorious for not playing defense, but, um, really, really athletically gifted, uh, offensive guy. And I feel like Milwaukee just wants to dump him. Harris is from Wisconsin. Bogut was drafted, I think, by Milwaukee. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good match for them to get some veteran presence. Harris has been playing great. Um, and I feel like we've been playing pretty good without Bogut, which might encourage a trade sooner than later, you know? Yeah, and Monroe, for all his defensive uh, inefficiencies, he uh, he's a great rebounder. He's all put up big rebounding numbers, and that's something the Mavericks in recent years have been just horrible at, is rebounding yeah. the basketball. So even if he's not necessarily the defensive stopper we need, we don't have that right now, so I, I don't know what, you know, it's not like there's a loss there in yeah. that exchange. But instead, we pick up something on the rebound, on the glass, which has, you know, w- would be significant. So that, that, I think I could live with that trade. I mean, again, he's, he's a younger player. He could still develop into, 
something a little better than, than what he is. Well, and it fits the mold of what Cuban mentioned a couple weeks ago, which is, uh, we'd rather trade, we might want to trade for like a player or contract that a team's given up on versus a pick. And, um, they're all about the reclamation project. And so if we could pick up a Brandon Wright and make him an asset to a team, you would think if Monroe was willing, he could become at the very least a really good rotation player, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the very least, if, yeah. if not more. But yeah, who knows what's going on in that guy's head? But I, I think I'd, I would be excited if we picked up a guy like Brandon Monroe. Yeah, I would too. I would love to see what Carlisle could do with him, and you know, I would love to see a little if if we could rejuvenate him in some way. That you know, defensively, I can't speak for him, but it would be an intriguing uh, lineup with him and Barnes. You know. Yeah, he and Barnes. Uh up front and again like if you think about if you sort of project we're going to get a top 10 pick next year and you know we'll get one of these younger point guards then yeah you know that's a, that's a nice little young trio right there and and you get west matthews and again we're not a we're not a contender next year but but you might have something here for the future yeah you've got some pieces to build around which i i like that um all right so i know you got to run who do we got Say it again for the next uh, till next week. We got Lakers. We got uh, next Thursday. Yeah, the Lakers. They're at the Clippers uh, coming up here. I think uh, tomorrow night. Friday. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah Friday, Friday night. night. Then after Christmas, day after Christmas, they'll play. I think at New Orleans, and then they'll host the Houston Rockets for I think uh, the fourth time this year already. Wow! So we got four games in the next week. Very nice. Yeah, four in the next uh, week, but nothing on Christmas. Again, the Mavericks, Mavericks had their one Christmas appearance right after the championship where they lost by 40 to Miami, and mm. the NBA has banned them from Christmas ever since. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go so well. No. <laughs> Just stick to TNT. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, it's definitely trade season because we're past the December 15th uh deadline so uh anything could happen in the next uh next couple months so uh until next week i'm alf at home you are maps at home and this is the maps podcast please tweet us or send us an email at mapspodcast at gmail.com or the maps po- or at the maps podcast all right so i'll talk to you this weekend all right merry christmas everyone all right take care